This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. That's Steven Sahoyas. I'm Wesley Chang. And with the fantasy playoffs here, we're going to go over some of the most important starter sit decisions you're going to have going into your matchups. Stevie, start us off with a quarterback that many are questioning playing this week. Yeah, well, this quarterback has definitely not been hot, but Justin Herbert is someone that you're probably not going to find a better replacement for. Over his first five starts, Herbert was averaging a shade under 26 fantasy points per game, but over his last five, that number has dipped to below 20. He's averaging just below 20 fantasy points per game, which is a sign that maybe defenses are starting to figure him out. Now, there's a lot more tape on Herbert, so defenses have a lot more to look at, which might in turn result in defenses being able to scheme him and a game plan for him better. But like I mentioned, Herbert in Week 14 goes up against the Atlanta Falcons, which is a sneaky, tough matchup. The Falcons have allowed the most fantasy points per game. But since Raheem Morris took over and since Week 7, the Atlanta Falcons have allowed the 14th most fantasy points to quarterback. So they've gotten a bit better on that defensive side of the football. Now, it's not a tough matchup, but it is sneakily a little bit more difficult than it appears. But as I mentioned earlier, you're not going to find a better replacement for Herbert on your waiver wire. So you're starting him in week one of the fantasy playoffs. Matt Ryan is another quarterback that are getting a lot of his managers very concerned. Over his last three weeks, he's put up under 12 fantasy points on average per game. He's had three TDs to three interceptions. But he's actually played the New Orleans Saints twice, who've held their opponents to 8.8 total points over the last five games. And if anybody watched that game against Vegas, that was just a really strange game script that allowed Matt Ryan and the Atlanta offense to run the ball. So, concerning stuff, but what's the silver lining here for Matt Ryan? Well, over the last five weeks, one of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, or Todd Gurley have been hurt. They're now finally healthy going into this Week 14 matchup. And he has the league's second highest average depth of target, which means that he's tossing the ball downfield to either Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, or Julio Jones. These are two of the best wide receivers in the entire league. Last but not least, as Stevie just mentioned, Atlanta goes up against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a defense that has allowed 26 points or more in every single game since week three. Expect this to be a shootout and a great opportunity for Matt Ryan to bounce back. In Los Angeles, it's taken a bit of time, but it looks like Cam Akers has finally established himself as the team's number one running back. He dominated the running back opportunities in week 13, and for the second straight week, he found the end zone over the last two weeks. Akers has been RB11 in fantasy football. So he's been getting the job done for fantasy managers. And he's emerging as an RB2. Someone you can trust in that position. Although it's harder to trust Sean McVay because you never know how he's going to scheme or game plan for the upcoming matchup. I still think Akers is starting to become the player who the Rams drafted. You got to remember, they spent a second round draft pick on this player so he's going to be a fantasy football difference maker down the stretch he was someone i said would be a big home run play off the waiver wire and that is paying off big time now he did pop up on the injury report with a shoulder injury and the the rams do play on thursday night so keep an eye out for his status but if he's able to go lock him in as an rb2 because that's what he's been doing in fantasy football over these past couple of weeks 
Miles Sanders was drafted as an RB1, but going into week 14 and the rest of the fantasy playoffs, I'm saying this is a stay away player. He is not somebody you should be starting. He's got some concerning trends. He's put up eight points, five and three over his last three matches. And in the previous week's game, he actually only played 56% of the snaps out of this Philadelphia backfield. And his average touches have come way down. First five games of the season, he had 16.6. In his last four, he's only grabbing 13.2 touches out of this backfield. A hallmark of Miles Sanders' game has been his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Well, in this season, he's taken a huge drop-off. He had a 79% catch rate in 2019. In 2020, he's down to 39 He's had eight drops on the season, which is two more than the next worst running back in the entire league. And he's missed three games on the year. He's only had 14 red zone carries, which is 36th in the NFL. All of these concerning trends suggest that Miles Sanders has to be downgraded. He's a back-end RB2 at best at this point, And he's somebody you might want to even consider benching for your matchup in Week 14. DeZone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Welcome back to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to get into some start. Bench, cut questions, and Wes, we're going to start off with you and the quarterback position between Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, and Cam Newton. Who are you start, benching, and cutting? So with those three, I'm starting Kirk Cousins in Week 14. I'm going to bench Andy Dalton, and I'm going to cut Cam Newton. So let me start off with Andy Dalton, all right? In his last two games prior to the Baltimore game coming up, he's been a top 20 quarterback since coming back from bye. Uh, And of the three, he has the easiest matchup in Week 14. The best part about his narrative going into this week, though, is he gets the classic revenge game going up against his old Cincinnati Bengals. So it's a good matchup, better than Newton, but I'm still going to say Cousins ahead. Newton, he's actually been much worse than people believe. They blew out um, the Chargers in that game, but it wasn't because of Newton. Newton's actually been the second worst graded quarterback over the last two weeks. The only quarterback worse than him has been Brandon Allen. Now he goes up against the Rams, which is one of the toughest defenses in the league. Uh Uh-uh, no way. I'm staying away from that completely. Kirk Cousins. This is the start out of the three here. Now, I get it. He has a tough matchup, too, against the Bucs. But he's been the highest-graded quarterback out of the three. He has the best receiving core out of the entire three. And for fantasy purposes... He's actually been able to put up over 20 uh, 20 fantasy points per game in, what, four of his last five matchups. He's got a tough gauntlet coming up against Tampa Bay, Chicago, and New Orleans. But he has so much opportunity ahead of him with his receiving core that ultimately he is your best bet if you're going to ride one of these quarterbacks through the fantasy playoffs. If you played Clyde Edwards-Alaire in fantasy football in Week 13, you likely ended up very bitter, sad, and upset because he didn't touch the ball once during the game against the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football. So if you're faced with the start-sit-bench question or start-sit-cut question between guys like Wayne Gallman, Kareem Hunt, or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you might not want to start him. Because from that three, I'm actually starting Wayne Gallman 
of the New York Giants. He's been RB6 in fantasy football since assuming the role as starter on the Giants. And Edward Dallaire, he hasn't been bad. He's been RB24, and I don't think you're going to see many zeros from him moving forward. But we know this Chiefs team has just shown a sure affection to passing the football. It's just always going to be that way. When you have Patrick Mahomes under center, why would you run it, really? If you're in a tight competitive game, your best bet is through the air with Mahomes. But one thing you got to hope for as a fantasy manager is that Mahomes starts checking it off a little bit more to Clyde Edwards-Lair. We haven't seen a whole lot of involvement, or not necessarily as much as we thought we would, in the passing game. So that's been the one downside to Allaire's game. And lastly, I'm benching Kareem Hunt. He really hasn't shown any of that same fantasy production that we saw when Nick Chubb was gone. I was kind of hoping that we'd see a lot of what we saw in the beginning of the season, those first few weeks with both Chubb and Hunt. They were both performing and both fantasy startable. But at this point, it's getting really hard to trust Kareem Hunt. And entering week 14, the fantasy playoffs, you got to have a boatload of trust in the guys in your starting lineup. And I'm just not there yet with Kareem Hunt. So that's how I'm doing it. Starting Gallman, benching Edwards Alaire, and I'm cutting Kareem Hunt. At the wide receiver position, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, and Devontae Parker are all players trending upwards on the second half of the season. I would ultimately start Davis, bench Landry, and cut Devontae Parker. So I'll start with Davis. I want to share two quick tidbits with him. Number one, believe it or not, he's actually the number two ranked wide receiver as per pro football focus in the entire NFL. He's only behind Devontae Adams. Who would have thought? The second thing I want to point out, he's had 8.5 fantasy points or more in nine out of his 10 games. So going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars here, he's easily the best start. I'm going to go down to Devontae Parker here as my cut. And I want to mention the fact that last season in the second half of the year, he was the wide receiver too, just behind Michael Thomas in total fantasy production. Unfortunately, in 2020, he's been wide receiver 31. And the biggest thing here, or the biggest trend to observe, with Fitzpatrick, he puts up just over 11 fantasy points per game. When Tua is a starter, he's down to eight fantasy points per game. And unfortunately, he goes up, this, goes up against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, which is surprisingly tough on wide receivers. They've been the fifth toughest out of all defenses in the NFL. But I want to draw your attention to Jarvis Landry. Now, I get it. Baker Mayfield's his quarterback. So you're thinking, oh, my God, there's no way he's getting passes. But PFF has actually graded him as the 11th best wide receiver in the entire NFL. And while he's got the toughest matchup out of the entire group up against Baltimore in week 14, he gets the Giants and the Jets in your fantasy semifinals and finals matchups. So Jarvis Landry, he's put together two amazing performances, and it's been, it's been because he's been playing really well. If Baker's able to continue peppering him with the targets that he's getting, Jarvis Landry, out of the three, is your league winner. This time of year, fantasy football defenses matter more than ever. And if you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can't be feeling all that great. We know they lost Bud Dupree last week. And in their first outing without him, they gave up 23 points to the Washington football team and lost. And they weren't a great fantasy football defense. So entering week 14, if I have to choose between either the San Francisco 49ers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or the Dallas Cowboys, I'm cutting the Pittsburgh Steelers just because I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to get it done in a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills. They haven't faced a lot of elite offenses this season. And when they have, when they faced the Tennessee Titans 
earlier this year, they weren't a great fantasy defense. And we saw this week on Monday Night Football what Josh Allen can do to a defensive unit. He could really slice them up. So I'm staying away completely from the Pittsburgh Steelers. It stinks because you've been riding them out all year long, but it comes a time where you got to start looking individually at these matchups and not necessarily at the units. I'm going to start the San Francisco 49ers. They've been a middle-of-the-road fantasy football defense, so they're not the greatest, but I do like their home matchup against the Washington football team. Now, it's not a true home matchup because they are playing in Arizona right now, but I have some faith in the Niners' defense, and that's more than I can say about the Cowboys' defense, and that's why they're on the bench this week. I don't mind them. If you have to play them, sure, they have the best matchup out of these three units. They get to play the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been a really bad defensive unit. So if you have to play them, if you're in a pinch, I don't mind it because the Bengals have just looked out of sorts, really. Aside from that big 72-yard touchdown, they didn't do anything against the Dolphins. So I don't mind it. I know the Cowboys have been really bad, but if you're in a pinch, yeah, you can play them. So in that order, I'm going to start San Francisco. I'm going to bench Dallas, and ultimately, I'm cutting Pittsburgh. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. On to the waiver wire. It's a little bit thinner than other weeks, but Stevie, you have a good recommendation at the running back position coming into week 14. Let me start off by saying I don't know what's worse, the Jets' defensive play calling or the fact that Frank Gore has been starting ahead of Ty Johnson all season long. Because Ty Johnson was thrust into action when Frank Gore suffered an injury early in that game. And he looked really good. He handled 22 carries for 104 yards, reached the end zone, was sort of involved in the passing game, but he looked much better than anything we've seen out of both Frank Gore and LaMichael Pirine earlier this year. So I got to say, if you're in a pinch, if you lost Frank Gore or if you lost another running back and you need some help, Ty Johnson won't be a bad high-end RB3 play in week 14. Now, I'm not going to go crazy if, if you're in a fab budget. you got to spend some fab on Ty Johnson. I wouldn't go crazy because you have to bear in mind that this is a Jets running back. But I think at the end of the day, Johnson will be serviceable in week one of the fantasy playoffs. Similar to Ty Johnson, I got T.Y. Hilton as our second waiver wire recommendation here. Over the last two weeks, he's had back-to-back touchdowns the first two of the entire season for him. And he's actually graded really well being not just a one-trick pony. He had a 50-yard bomb in week 12, but in week 13, he had a ton of catches between 5 and 25 yards showing that he's getting part of the spread offense from Phillip Rivers. Now, he had an injury in week 9. He had a groin injury, and a lot of people were concerned that maybe he was losing a step. But if you really watch the film, He's fine. He's actually really getting some of these contested catches the way he would in his peak. He gets two soft matchups, one going up against the Vegas Raiders in 14 and one against the Houston Texans in 15. Feel free getting him back off the wire if somebody's actually dropped him in your leagues. He could be a high-end flex play for you in the fantasy playoffs. Tim Patrick has really assumed the ex-receiver role in this Denver Broncos offense since Cortland Sutton went down early this year with an injury since week nine. He's wide receiver 21 in fantasy football, and he leads the Broncos in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Aside from that Kendall Hinton game where the Broncos completed one pass, he's been a really good fantasy football wide receiver. And in week 14, against a Panthers defense, which is good, not great, 
I would consider Patrick a high-end wide receiver three play. He's just getting the work in this offense. Yes, a connection with Drew Locke, which is clear that Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler don't quite necessarily yet. So I'm, I'm feeling fine about starting Tim Patrick in week one of the fantasy playoffs. Rosher than just 2% of leagues two weeks ago, Kiki Cutie is a player that you should look to add going into the fantasy playoffs. Will Fuller, he's out. So obviously there's a void to be filled. Now, astute observers would have noticed that it was Chad Henson that actually got the majority of the snaps on the outside. Well, Cutie actually was able to get 75% of the snaps in this past matchup, taking away quite a few looks, not from the wide receiver position, but from the tight ends, believe it or not. He was used in both short yardage and deep yardage situations, and he tied Cooks with two red zone targets and one end zone target in that game. Even though he's got a tough matchup going against the Chicago Bears, there's just enough passing volume out of this Houston's off- Houston offense from Deshaun Watson that ultimately you should look at this as being a boom-bust pl- flex play going into week 14. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. On to some fluid situations happening in the NFL. Stevie, give us a glance at what's going on with this Seattle Seahawks offense. When I say mediocre, you don't think of Russell Wilson, but that's what he's been in fantasy football since week 10. He is quarterback 14 during that stretch, and a lot of that has to do with a philosophical change on offense from the Seahawks. It was only a matter of time before Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll returned to running the football. They love to do it. They've been doing it for years. So while they've been letting Russ cook, the oven's been turned off. The the heaters, the burners are all off now because it's let Carson cook time. And that's what the Seahawks have been doing. On the season, they've run the ball the 10th least frequently of any team in the NFL. But over these last three weeks, they've run the ball the 12th most frequently of any team in the NFL. So that's where you're at with Russell Wilson. You're just not going to see the same passing volume you had earlier in the year. So when you enter week 14, he gets a matchup against the Jets. I'm starting him. I'm not taking Wilson out of my lineup. The Jets, since week 10, have allowed the most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. You just simply can't bench Russell Wilson in a spot like that. But what I'm doing is I'm adding a quarterback off of waivers. In particular, I've had my eye on Derek Carr. He has a good week 15 matchup against the LA Chargers. So what I'm doing is I'm starting Wilson this week. If I'm able to get by with Wilson and he has a bad performance, I'll sub in Derek Carr for week 15 because if ultimately Wilson can't get it done against the Jets and he can't have a big fantasy football day, he can't be trusted in the fantasy playoffs where his schedule gets tougher. The Philadelphia Eagles, this is another team that has disaster written all over it. Let's start off at the QB position. Jalen Hurts, he jumps into this game last week and he ultimately outperforms Carson Wentz creating this controversy. The the Flames have been fanned. I'm not here to tell you one quarterback or the other is, is going to be uh, playing, but it's worth monitoring the wire to see what the news comes out of Philadelphia. Ultimately, I think either quarterback at this point is a stay away. I mentioned the running back position earlier for Philadelphia, and this is again, unfortunately, another stay away situation. Miles Sanders is seeing his snap count slowly dwindle away and his passing down uh, production has been so bad this season that you're not getting any value out of him in the passing game where he made a lot of his money back in 2019. The wide receiver position is also really strange and lacking consistency. 
in their, let me see, it's the past two weeks, no wide receiver has played more than 70% of the snaps. Jalen Rager has been the best, but even then he hasn't been able to get any uh, fantasy production out of this offense. He got it on special teams out of all things. Tight end is the only position on this team that you can start a player with a little bit of confidence and consistency. Dallas Goddard, he's been Carson Wentz's guy, and I bet you it will be the same with Jalen Hurts. He's been the tight end three in the four games since their bye week. He's only behind Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Even with Zach Ertz back, I think Goddard ultimately becomes the most reliable receiver for whoever is being the quarterback on this offense. They play New Orleans in week 14. If I could give you any recommendation, bench any and every Philadelphia Eagles player you have and hope that they somehow put up a miraculous performance so that you can confidently get them back in week 15. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be fantasy football league winners because up until this point of the season, their schedule has been absolutely brutal, specifically when talking about this passing attack. You look at Tom Brady. He's only had six matchups against non-top 10 opponents. And in those six matchups, he has scored just a shade under 27 fantasy points per game. And for the wide receivers, it's even worse because they haven't faced one bottom 10 defense this year at the position. So they've had a lot of tough matchups, but that changes down the stretch. For Tom Brady, two of his next three matchups are against bottom 10 opponents, and he faces no top 10 opponents. So that's really good news for Brady, and I think he's going to be a high-end QB1 the rest of the way. The wide receivers, we're talking about guys like Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. They're all going to play a key role, and they're all guys who I'm trying to fit into my lineup wherever I can because, like I said, the schedule has not been kind. But now that it's taking a turn for the better, I think you're going to see some much better results. The, the running game has just an average schedule the rest of the way. But if you're able to get to the finals with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, if you're in a position where you have to start him, you're not in a bad spot because week 16, the Buccaneers get to play the Detroit Lions, who are allowing the most fantasy points per game to the running back position. I mean, David Montgomery just ran all over them this past week. So if you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers, get ready and get excited for the fantasy playoffs because things are really going to start turning your way. That's going to do it for this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. But if you want to stay up to date to everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well. For Wesley Chang, I'm Steven Zoyas. It's the fantasy playoffs. Come on. Don't forget to set your lineup for week 14 of the NFL season.